What's up and welcome to Crossover Wednesdays here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm James Yarko, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks, joined by Brian Peacock, the host of Locked On 49ers. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, James. How are you over there on the East Coast? This is always fun trying to link up and do uh, cross-country crossover pods. A lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm doing very well. A little cold. Uh, yeah, I, I live in, for, for your listeners that don't know me, I live in, in southern Ohio, just a little bit north of Cincinnati, and we're starting to deal with that 20 to 30 degree weather. So other than that, uh, I am I am fantastic. You're in the action heat zone. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's smoky over here in California. We've got the fires going on in northern and southern California, and so very weird weather and, and hazy, smoky skies in San Francisco right now. Yeah, and hopefully all of that gets under control and and – uh, everything can kind of return to some sense of normalcy here soon because it's what a rain. what a we terrifying sight! It's yeah, the rain should really help and sort of clear some of that out. But it's terrifying. All of a sudden, a fire overnight just wipes out an entire city. Yeah, just unbelievable. And of course, thinking of those having to go through that, and and we we saw that on full display on Monday Night Football with the uh, you know with the Los Angeles Rams paying you know paying their respect to the the first responders providing them with tickets a, a wonderful gesture by the rams and during Absolutely. that uh, epic epic monday night football game yeah that was that was a nutty fun monday night football game a lot of fun and it's really if you don't have one of those teams that can score like that you look at the future of the nfl and the future of your franchise and you start to think uh oh are we can we compete with that is that the way it's going to be from now on <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I would say. Both of our teams would not be able to compete with that because Brian, uh, our our teams that we cover here are uh, they're they're pretty bad. They're, things aren't going great in the win loss column right now for the Bucks and the 49ers. I'm actually interested to hear from you about the direction. Do you think that's going in the right direction and things are going to head up here? Or if things are sort of crumbling and there's some questions at quarterback and you got a quarterback change again for the Buccaneers and the 49ers, I think, are still building it and are going in the right direction, but maybe a little bit slower and a little frustrating for some 49ers fans. Yeah, it, it seems like with the Buccaneers – the off season always makes you think that things are heading in the right direction mm-hmm. only to have the season start and things <laughs> fall apart again. Yeah. It's right. same old song and dance kind of deal. So uh, th- this coming off season, I think will, will bring a lot of uh, a lot of hope to Bucks fans. You know, if, if what we expect to happen does happen and that is the Buccaneers move on from Dirk cutter and this coaching staff, bring in somebody else, whether that's John Harbaugh, should he part ways with the Ravens or Bruce Arians, or you look at some of these incredible, you know, offensive and defensive coordinators around the NFL, depending on which direction uh, ownership wants to go with, with the head coaching change, offensive minded, defensive minded, whatever the case may be. But I, I said for a very long time, you know, going all the way back to the to the draft, if the team doesn't win this year, it's not a talent problem. The Buccaneers are a ridiculously talented roster. It's a coaching problem. And we've seen that on full display with the the quarterback carousel. Jameis had his issues. Fitzpatrick has had his issues. It's it's just awful. It's just completely awful. But they're not having to deal with some of the 
devastating injuries that the 49ers have dealt with. You know, expectations for the 49ers team was that they were going to be competing for, at the very least, a playoff spot. And I don't think anyone expected the Rams to do what they were doing. Um, but you lose Jimmy Garoppolo. You lose Latavius Murray before you even really even get out of the gate. Um, you know, what's kind of the feeling around around the 49ers right now and, and dealing with the injuries? And I'll tell you what, as a, as a fantasy football player, it's been a blast watching the emergence of George Kittle. Oh, George Kittle has been fantastic. And actually, that was one of the things I wrote in my notes. And just earlier today, I saw that OJ Howard was put on injured reserve. That's a huge bummer because I thought this was going to be a showcase of two of the best young tight ends in the NFL and sort of maybe peering into the future of the tight end position in the NFL with George Kittle and OJ Howard, two ridiculously talented guys who could not only catch the ball but they could block as well they're physical players which i love so yeah george kittle has been awesome one of the real bright spots for the 49ers this year he's on pace to break numerous records um he's on pace to break a tight end yards after catch record maybe this week i mean that's how that's how crazy his season is gone and he's definitely going to end up if he doesn't get hurt or something he'll have the most uh he'll have the best receiving uh, season ever for a 49ers tight end so uh, that's been going very well for the 49ers a couple of other bright spots players like deforest buckner continues to take steps forward and he's a really good interior presence on the 49ers defense but all in all massively disappointing season not only for you know you lose your number one quarterback and your number one running back early or before the season with the case of Jarek McKinnon uh, that's tough to overcome for any team and then with some of the sophomore players that I think 49ers fans expected to take a huge leap in year two uh, I personally thought Ruben Foster would be a superstar NFL linebacker at this point in the season and he's dealt with more injuries and it's just everybody on the defense that hasn't already had their um, their career path sort of set. And I'm talking like, you know, the veteran players like DeForest Buckner and Richard Sherman. Everyone else is kind of taking a step back. So it's got 49ers fans really questioning the coaching, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think on the offense, when you lose your quarterback, everything goes out the window and you're you're rolling with undrafted players. And so that's been difficult. And I think as Kyle Shanahan's done as as well as you could expect on the offensive side of the ball. So right now, a lot of questions after this bye week uh, about the defensive coaching step. And Kyle Shanahan before the bye really sort of laid down the hammer. And he 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 talked about, you know, coaches getting better, players getting better. And he said the last six weeks for the 49ers is really important for everybody to prove that they're part of what's going to you know, the part of the future and part of what's going to be a winning program in 2019. Yeah, they, they certainly have the pieces and I think they have the coaching in place. And yeah, if I do say so myself, their, uh, their GM is one heck of a guy, uh, of course, former Buccaneer, John Lynch. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you have some uh, great respect for John Lynch over there. Oh, I will always have a soft spot in my heart for John Lynch, one of my absolute all-time favorite players. Um, but he, uh, he, he can't—you can't hit in the NFL the way he hit, uh, you know, in his day. But um, you, you mentioned OJ Howard, and of course, that's a big blow. Yeah, it's his second season uh, in the NFL. It's his second season that ends up—you know—he ends up on the injured reserve. I do still think that there is going to be some featuring of the tight end. Jameis Winston and Cameron Braid do have a great rapport. And, and you can tell, 
you know, Cameron Bray wasn't nearly as, as utilized with Ryan Fitzpatrick in as he ends up being when Jameis plays. And, you know, they built that trust and, and that connection and that chemistry. Um, but, yeah, definitely to your point, O.J. Howard and, and George Kittle are definitely part of this future wave of tight ends. And, and I mentioned on, on a show on, on Locked on Bucks last week that O.J. Howard, I believe, is an elite tight end in this league right now today. His, mm-hmm. his size, his skill, his speed. You, know, you have your, your top tier, which is Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, uh, a healthy Gronkowski. And then I would put O.J. Howard right there behind those three. He he is that good. He is that effective. And it's just it's unfortunate to see his season end. But at the same time, it it was almost lucky. You know, he suffered that high ankle sprain, but that was very close to looking exactly like Alex Smith's injury. Uh, it just so happened that it, it, he just he fell at the right time or that could have been just a devastating broken leg the way that the defender had fallen on top of him. But you, yeah, you, you take a look at these two teams and they're definitely teams that are on the rise and they have talent in, in places where they, they need and they can compete with other teams. Unfortunately, the 49ers have just been hit with that injury bug and, and the Buccaneers just don't seem to have the leadership in place, both with the headsets and with the helmets to really take that next step. But you take a look at this Sunday's game where, you know, the 49ers are having to do that very long trip from, you know, San Francisco all the way to Tampa to play. And somehow, some way, I still don't understand how the Buccaneers get favored in games, but they're favored by three and a half points. And you have an over under of, of 55. I put that kind of on the side of the fact that the Buccaneers can't play defense, but to any of our listeners, of course, if they want to go and they want to bet against the spread or bet on that over-under, they can do so with our friends at MyBookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with MyBookie. Trust me, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. We would only recommend a service to our listeners that have been good to us. That's why we urge everyone to make their way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy gurus out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and my bookie is going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code locked on to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, when creating your account to claim your dollar-for-dollar bonus up to $1,000. You play, you win, you get paid. Brian, what what are you expecting to see out of a Buccaneers team that is still one of the top passing offenses in football, despite the crazy quarterback seesaw that we've seen all season, you know, but they're also the worst defense in the (laughs) NFL. (laughs) I, it's, it's, it's one of those things that we had a, a reporter who, who covers the Buccaneers for the athletic Greg Allman. He had talked about how, if they had the bills, defense and this was this was a few weeks ago but the bills defense which was ranked 26th in the nfl 
in scoring defense. So still bottom third of the league, still, you know, nowhere near elite. Um, But just, just that little bump, they would have been seven and one instead of, I, I believe it was three and three and five at that point in time, you know, just that little, you, you have a team that's giving up over 30 points a game on the road. They're just, it's, it's mind boggling how bad they can be at times when you see these flashes of sheer brilliance. So when you look at a game like this and, and the 49ers are having to play on the road, what do you kind of expect to see the Buccaneers do offensively and defensively to try to beat the 49ers? Yeah, it's interesting. Before I get to the Bucks specifically, it's like a team like the Bills. And uh, we've seen this a lot with the 49ers this season. And you realize when it, the way a team's built and the way a team's playing on one side of the ball can really affect the other side. So a team like the Bills, who has a pretty good defense, and I think they're really building something on that side of the ball, uh, when you're so bad offensively, and the offense just keeps giving the, giving the ball back to the other team. The defense is on the field all the time. So I, I think the Bills, you know, as far as what their scoring ranking is on defense, I think it's a lot better than that. And so a team like the Buccaneers, you know, the 49ers have been sort of the same as the Bills, where the, the offense under C.J. Beathard was really just not moving the ball well. The defense is on the field a lot. And I think that's been one of the minor things that have looked a lot better for the 49ers is even though – Nick Mullins isn't great. They've they've moved the ball a little bit better, kept the defense off the field a little more, and I think it's it's helped them a lot. So when you look at the Buccaneers, it's the inverse of that, right? Where the offense is is having to play catch up because the defense is giving up points, and so it's just it turns into this shootout, similarly to what we saw in Monday Night Football with two teams just chucking the heck out of the ball. And I wonder what the Buccaneers' offense would look like if they could just run with the lead a little bit more or you know they didn't have to play catch up or they didn't have to outscore their opponents by so many points because uh they have so many weapons on offense so that's the the number one thing that jumps out to me is is the weapons they have so obviously Mike Evans you have you have so many great offensive weapons there but a, a person like Chris Godwin I would give anything to have Chris Godwin on the 49ers right now. He would be their no doubt number one wide receiver. I mean, I think that guy's a stud and he sort of, he, he ran under the radar for the draft. I think he was a fantastic pick by the Buccaneers. He sort of run under the radar for a lot of people, except for people who were like fantasy guys who, who know the value of someone like Chris Godwin, who can put up some, some fantasy points for you, but a really, a really talented player. So I just think that this is going to be one of those games where, I it's so hard to predict and so hard to to look forward at what it's going to end up like, because I think the 49ers will be able and under Kyle Shanahan, he's going to scheme up some things and whether it's George Kittle or even Kyle use out of the backfield or hitting a deep shot to Marquise Goodwin or some of the other receivers they have, uh, they've been able to run the ball under Kyle Shanahan. So I think that's going to be a big part of it for the 49ers. They'll be able to put up some points. So I expect this to be a, a surprising a surprisingly, a surprisingly high scoring game for the 49ers because they haven't had a lot of those. Most of them have been pretty ugly and and been a little bit of a a, a grind offensively and defensively. And in, in the end, almost every week, what happens is the 49ers cannot make a big play. They they cannot win the turnover battle. They can't get after the quarterback. So uh, it, that's really what's hurt the 49ers. And I expect it to go that way in this game as well with the 49ers defense at the end of the game, not being able to make a play. And so I think if this game was maybe not favored either way, I would say maybe you go to 
the Buccaneers and put your money over there. But the fact that the Buccaneers are favored by, what is it, three and a half or three now? Three and a half, yeah. Three and a half. See, that's that's exactly what the 49ers do. They lose by three every week. So I still take the Niners maybe, and <laughs> it's that half a point that makes a difference. And so that's the way I see this thing going down on Sunday. Yeah, it's funny you say that, that the 49ers lose by three every week because you outside of, of the the loss to the Panthers and the loss to the Bears, every game for the Bucks has been a one-possession game. They, they dig themselves these incredible holes you know, 21 to nothing or, or 24 to seven or, you know, whatever the case may be, but they dig themselves these massive, massive first down holes. And then all of a sudden with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, they're in it and they end up losing by that one possession, uh, whether it's, it's three or, or seven, whatever, whatever it is, but it's always within that, that, that span of like they they just ran out of time and you know if you just gotten one extra stop and oh my goodness can the defense get a turnover this is a defense that has not gotten a defensive takeaway since their week three game against the Steelers on Monday night football wow it's it's they're setting records of futility it's really it's borderline impressive you kind of feel like like Will Ferrell and Anchorman when his dog eats the entire thing of cheese. It's like, I'm not even mad. That, that's amazing. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's week after week and it's the, it's the same thing. So I'm very much, I, I shouldn't say looking forward. I'm very interested in saying what epic way the bucks are going to lose this one. <laughs> because you're going up against a, a team that, you know, for all intents and purposes, the Buccaneers should beat. You know, when you take these two teams as their rosters are right this minute, the Buccaneers are the more talented of the two. They have the, they have more offensive weapons. You know, they they should be able to outscore the 49ers, but that hasn't always been the case with them. You take a look at a 49ers team where we've already talked about George Kittle and how incredible he's been. Well, you have a, a defense that's missing Quan Alexander. They didn't have Levante David last week. He may not play again this week. So you have a linebacking core of a Darius Taylor and Devonte Bond and Riley Bulla. So they're one of the worst teams against the tight end in the NFL. So George Kittle should have a huge day. You have a secondary that gives up yards and points in bunches. So you look for Marquise Goodwin to be able to get open and create plays and probably get, you know, a couple of, you know, what, what Dirk Cutter likes to call uh, explosive plays, you know, plays over 20 yards. And then you take a look in, in the backfield and when, when Burita is healthy, he's, so good and so effective. This is a guy averaging more than five and a half yards a carry going up against a team that can't stop the run either. Even though they invest in, in Vita Vea in the draft and they, they invested in Bo Allen and free agency. They invested in Mitch Unrein in free agency. Mitch Unrein has yet to touch the field. Um, you know, they have outside of Jason Pierre Paul, they have no, outside rush presence it's you you take a look at all these little things that they do and that's what is added up to these losses so i look for kittle and goodwin and burita to just have incredible days i do think it'll it'll end up being close we'll get to the predictions towards the end 
But I look at all the things that the 49ers can do, and they're exactly what the Bucks give up. So it's it's one of those things that I think you're right. It's going to be a, a, another close one. It's going to be high scoring. And, you know, to, to touch on the 49ers defense, to be honest, half the time I forget that Richard Sherman is even with the 49ers. He, he was part of that Legion of Boom and, and one of those incredible historical defenses with the Seahawks. What has Richard Sherman's season been like? Because I'm assuming he's going to be lined up with Mike Evans for most, if not all, of the game. Does he look like the Richard Sherman of old, or is his age starting to show a little bit? Well, it's interesting there that you mentioned the matchup. First, when it comes to just Sherman himself, he's he's been pretty much the exact same old Richard Sherman that we saw in Seattle, but maybe just that one step slower because he is older. He's coming off some Achilles injuries, and then that's turned into a little bit of a calf problem this year. He has missed a little bit of time. but And, and it's one thing that I already knew about Richard Sherman, but I didn't appreciate it as much until he started playing for the 49ers and I was watching him really closely is how smart of a player he is. And mm. he's not, you know, he's not the guy that just, mirrors receivers and runs all over the field with them. You know, he it's a very it, this scheme is perfect for what his skills are, but he just flat out runs routes for people. Like his knowledge of what's coming and knowing route combination and it's it's pretty awesome to see how he plays with his mind more so than just being more athletic than guys and, and following them all around the field. So that's what's been awesome to see with Richard Sherman. And it's almost like I'm not sure how good he still is because teams haven't tested him. They've treated him just like the same old shutdown Richard Sherman that was in Seattle. And I think he might have there's potential that he he could have given up a, a, a player to if they threw his way. But instead, what teams are doing is just throwing on the opposite side. And, and the, the 49ers have had a revolving door. Akella Witherspoon's getting a shot at it. And he he was with the first guy to get a shot. And Jimmy Ward's been back there. Now Jimmy Ward's had to move to free safety. So whoever's been playing cornerback opposite of Richard Sherman has been the guy that's been targeted. And Richard Sherman has been pretty much left alone because teams don't have to and aren't willing to try him. So, um, and to your point about the the matchup, to be honest, I don't think we'll see Mike Evans matched up with Richard Sherman because if I'm the Buccaneers, I just line Mike Evans up on the opposite side all day because that's the matchup you want. And Richard Sherman doesn't travel; he stays at left cornerback, and that's and that's it. So he'll be on the left boundary, and so whoever is lined up as the Buccaneers right wide receiver probably won't see a bunch of targets. So I think you'll know who they're targeting by who's lining up on the left side of the offense. Okay. Yeah, I remember the last time that that Mike Evans and Richard Sherman squared off. That was obviously when when Sherman was with Seattle in 2016 and they came to Tampa and Evans had not one but two touchdowns while being defended by Richard Sherman. So that'll be one to keep an eye on. And we all know that Jameis Winston has zero fear about throwing places he <laughs> probably shouldn't yes. um so i don't think he's going to be scared off by by richard sherman being lined up uh against anybody but if i was the buccaneers and i wanted to avoid richard sherman i would line up deshaun against him the entire time because i've i've about had it with deshaun jackson his his lack of effort his lack of you know caring it, it just it's it's reached its boiling point for me that you know, if he doesn't want to try either, 
you know, leave him off the field or or use him as a decoy and just don't throw him the ball, especially when you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Adam Humphreys and Cameron Bright. You know, you have other options uh, that you don't have to force feed the ball to Deshaun Jackson anymore. But we'll see how it goes after after last week. And of course, some of the comments that that Deshaun has made throughout the season, we all know he's not happy that Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback. Yeah, it seems like uh, Fitz and Deshaun had a little thing going, a little buddy thing going. I, there was that hilarious press conference where uh, Fitzpatrick was wearing his his gear after the game, the leather jacket with no shirt underneath. That was that was pretty funny. But um, uh, to, to your point about that, actually, that's probably the matchup that would be best, and that's the way I would do it if I was the Buccaneers too, is put the speed on Richard Sherman, and maybe you can catch him slipping or you know maybe double move or find you know hit that that seam or that post or something where you can catch Richard Sherman on a, on a deep play. Uh, that's probably the way I would do it anyway. So actually that's a good point. And that's maybe what I would expect the Buccaneers to do Sunday. All right. Well, Brian, before we move on to our final predictions, we do have to talk about the fact that you and I have to come to terms that we're not as young as we used to be. You know, we're not those college guys anymore. And um, you know, we're, some guys, when we start to get as old as, as you and I are, and of course, I honestly don't know how old you are. I'm, you know, I'm 33, but I feel about 75. But <laughs> there was a time when, you know, we were always ready to go. And with age comes the inability to do that. But now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Thanks to our friends at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on L O C K E D O N to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Brian, let's get down to it, bud. What is your final score prediction for the 49ers and the Buccaneers? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right between where that, like we mentioned earlier, where that my bookie line is at three and a half, and so I've got uh, the I've got the Buccaneers winning by three instead of covering that three and a half. So uh, I'm gonna have 34-31 Buccaneers as my final score, and and really the key is, and actually b- before I get to your prediction, I want to ask you a question about that Buccaneers defense that popped in my head while you were talking about it. Is it are you more worried about the 49ers strong running game staying strong or even getting stronger against the Buccaneers? Or are you worried about the 49ers passing game getting stronger? So basically what I'm saying is, is it the run D that's worse? Is it the pass D that's worse? Or is it just a combination of both of those things for the Bucs? 
I would say the pass defense is definitely worse, but it's certainly a combination of, of the two. Yeah, it's one of those things where if your team is struggling in any facet offensively, you play the Buccaneers and the <laughs> entire team looks like pro bowlers, all pros, and Hall of Famers. It's truly incredible. Okay, so it's a get well game for the 49ers. I like that. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go 34 31. That's my final score. All right. Well, you know, I, I started off with a pattern where if I picked against the Bucks, they would win. And then when I picked the Bucks, they would lose. And now it just, it, there, there's no rhyme or reason to, to how the outcome is based on what I pick. But I feel like, again, even with the loss of OJ Howard, this offense has enough weapons and enough talent that they should be able to outscore the 49ers. With that said, I will take the Bucks to win 30 to 28. So take the over and then take the Niners with our friends over at my bookie with that three and a half points. But it'll be on the leg of kicker Cairo Santos. Uh, at the end of the game, again, it's going to be one of those things. Whoever has the ball last will win. That's how most Buccaneers games seem to go. But I will take them by the slimmest of margins, 30 to 28 Buccaneers. Yeah, that's interesting so, that you say that the the team that has the ball last, because that's kind of what's happened with the 49ers, is that big play at the end of the game has really eluded them. And, and uh, that's what makes me not confident in the 49ers winning this game is if the Buccaneers and that high-powered offense does have the ball last. They, they just haven't been able to make plays, and especially they haven't been able to get after the quarterback and cause turnovers and cause bad plays. All right. Well, Brian, I certainly appreciate some of your time today. I've enjoyed doing these crossover episodes. I, I enjoyed uh, talking to you about the game, and, and from the way things sound, it sounds pretty much like the 49ers and the Buccaneers are the exact same team. <laughs> from a disappointment standpoint i think you're absolutely right about that and uh, hopefully they're exact same in the way that they are going to get better and eventually we'll be talking about this crossover on a future playoff game maybe in 2019 or 2020 oh that would that would certainly certainly be nice so again brian i, I thank you for some of your time and uh, i've really enjoyed uh previewing this game with you absolutely james it's been a pleasure oh one thing i want to tell you before we before we end this, as much as you like John Lynch, and I agree, I love John Lynch, I still hate Warren Sapp for tearing <laughs> Gary Rice's ACL on that end around in what it was. It was like 1999. Yeah, that, it was, that was the beginning of something special for the Buccaneers defense. But, mm -hmm. yeah, if it, if it had been Brooks or Lynch, I would have said, you know, you know they felt bad about it and they felt – with Warren Sapp, he, was, he probably just looked at it and was like, well, whatever. Yeah, you know, he, he probably could not have cared less. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, yeah. everyone out there, make sure you're following Brian on Twitter at BD Peacock and check out everything that he's doing over at LockedOn49ers.com. As for me, you can check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks at Jarko underscore Bucks. We would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us right here on Crossover Wednesdays.